there, everyone, and welcome to the Swamp Things podcast, episode one. This is the first time we've done this, and we don't know how it's going to go. I'm here with my co-host, Spicy C. Hi, Sam. Why are you calling me Spicy C? Uh, we're going to find out in oh, a minute. Okay. Otherwise known as Deacon Charles Fernandez, nicknamed Spicy C. My nickname is the Sam Tater around here. Because you look a bit like Mr. Potato Head? Because I look a little bit like Mr. Potato Head. Did he have glasses that you could put on? I think, I think so, so, yeah. yeah a little, white, did, yeah, little white glasses. Little white glasses. Yep. And a bunch of other body parts that you could stick on. I don't will. like it when you say body parts. It makes me feel weird. Body parts. <laughs> I don't like it. Body parts. Okay. Parts of the body. Anyway, yep. um, first thing we're going to do today is um, introduce ourselves and let you know who we are and uh, what this podcast is all about. Because we've never, as I mentioned before in the intro, we've never done this before. We've been talking about having a podcast for a long time, haven't we, Charles? I think it's about two years, and pe some people bug us because they want us to do this, and other people, I think, bug us because they're hoping it never sees the light of day. <laughs> so my favorite thing is the first annual of anything. This is our first and ever, hopefully not the only one. Mm -hmm. A lot will depend on whether anyone cares. So yeah. we'll see. It's true. Yeah, and I agree that, you know, it's 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 going to be mixed reactions because some people feel they've heard enough of us already. I yes. know both of us like to speak, both of us like to talk. And uh, so some people might be hoping to hear less of us and others might mm -hmm. be hoping we actually pull this off. So if it's we'll fun and uh, if it's meaningful to people and I think we have a unique perspective for a variety of reasons, which we'll explain momentarily. So, Sam, who are you? What are you doing here? Where did you come from? Where are you going? Where do you come from? Where do you go? There you go. Where do you come from? No. All right. Well, my name is Sam Zettel. I'm uh, a native of Bruce County. And by native, I mean... Where were you born? I was born here. Where? I don't mean I'm a native, just to be clear. Okay. I don't mean indigenous, obviously. Fair enough. Um, I am of German descent. Where were you born? Though, literally, where were you born? Where literally, where was I born? Yeah, in a hospital. Where? Literally, where were you born? No, which hospital? <laughs> in the Walkerton Hospital. Okay. Yeah, that's important. I was born uh, in the winter, and uh, apparently the snowbanks were almost touching the hydro wires, according to mm. legend. From forty-one years ago, I'm forty-one years old. I have a wife and five kids. I live on a farm, Zettel Family Farms. Check us out online. And, um, yeah, so I'm a native of Bruce County. I've lived here most of my life uh, with a few, couple short stints of, uh, of trips away, long enough just to know that I did belong here and that I did want to come back. So, um, Did you ever think of living away from Bruce County for longer than just like a short, like a few months stint? Oh, yes. Yeah, hmm. well, um, yes. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the, into the whole story, yeah, yeah. but um, I was... Uh, when I was young, a young man and uh, was finishing up high school, I had, I had planned on being a, an engineer. I was planning to go to university, planning to go and study that. Um, wasn't sure what kind of an engineer. I just uh, you know, I loved that kind of science, uh, STEM kind of study. So um, I had done a, a co-op, uh, an all-day, every-day co-op at Bruce Power. I loved the, the environment there. I loved the, the work that they do. So I was always a big fan of that hmm. kind of tech. So... I wanted to go and do that. I was also really into computers. Um, so I, I had planned on moving away, at least for university and that. I didn't really think I'd want to come back. Um, in fact, when I left the farm, 
uh, at 18 and, and moved away, like moved to Hanover, um, I had kind of vowed never to return. Hmm. Not really vowed. I just, I was sick of far the farm life and of uh, the, particularly the animals. And I still feel that way about animals. I know that doesn't make me that popular, but I'm not a big animal person. I just find they're annoying and kind of a nuisance. I like to eat them, but uh, not I love the animals too. Not to be around them, though. It's being around them that I... I have a friend who's um, indigenous, and I can't remember the name of the community that she's from, but uh, she says, she says, if you're at a powwow, she goes, she's, she does traditional dancing at powwows. Um, what's there? There's a line, something like, what do you call a vegetarian at a powwow? He who does not know how to hunt. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. He who hunts carrots. Perhaps. That's that's a better way of looking at it. That's a more positive outlook. You know, the carrots scream as you pull them from the earth. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And apparently there's some kind of connection between the carrot you're pulling and the other carrots in the ground. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, there's some kind of cellular change that takes place in the okay. carrots around the carrot you're pulling. Right. So it's almost like the carrot in screaming for help warns the other carrots that you're coming. Wow. You'll never look at carrots the same way. Watch anyway, out at night. Back to my story. Sorry. So um, more about me. I'm uh, currently an employee of the Diocese of Hamilton, specifically at Holy Family Parish in Hanover. Um, currently as in like most of your life. Currently as in most of my life. So since I was 19. So I, I did have a brief stint um, training as a missionary. Um, I wanted to be an overseas missionary. I wanted to tell people about God. Specifically about Jesus, if you don't mind my saying. Specifically about Jesus. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted uh, wanted to go overseas uh, eventually. So mm. I, I guess that is another part of it. Uh, yeah. So there's sort of the part of the part where I wanted to be at university. And then later, uh, when I when I had a con kind of conversion, I wanted to tell people about Jesus, I wanted to go overseas. So um, I did a, a training, training time with uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And uh, they have a program called the Discipleship Training School, which was about a six-month program. I did that program. Went to Mexico for three months and did some mission work there, mostly evangelizing, uh, a little bit of humanitarian work, yeah. but uh, mostly evangelizing, mostly putting on plays and puppet shows and things like that through a translator, telling, telling our story, telling our testimony, speaking with people, praying with people, those kinds of things. Hmm. Um, and how long were we there again? Three months. Three months, yeah. Yeah. And then when I returned, I began working here at Holy Family. One of the reasons I returned was to work here. I was invited by our pastor, the late Father David Cote. Beloved. beloved. I've never met him, but I heard about him before I yeah. got connected here. The beloved yeah. Father David Cote. Yeah. Uh, he invited me to come back. He said, this is a mission field as well. And he's right. Um, today, more than ever, I realized that, uh, you know, I was called to be here. This is... Uh, where I really believe God wants me. So you're a bit of a religious moment. fanatic? Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I, f I find that with what's... <laughs> I just said that to bug you, obviously. Yeah, I know. With what's been going on lately, I find I'm less and less a religious fanatic. Oh. Almost like... Um, Do you believe less? That can no. sound like it. No, I believe more. Okay. I'm, as much, yeah. at least. Yeah, probably but more. I'm, I'm, not doubting, I'm not doubting my faith. I'm doubting yeah. people uh, who have faith. Yeah. There you go. It's a... I think it's a communication thing for us on the inside of faith and for people who are not and for people who are not sure. That's part of why we're doing this. So my wife and I lived in Hanover from 2004 when we got married until 2015. Right. And in those 10 years, we had four kids. Um, obviously continued to work here. 
And uh, then the opportunity arose for us to be able to move back to the farmhouse where I grew up hmm. in Chepstow, Ontario, in Bruce County. And um, it just seemed like a really good idea for our family. For um, I have all bo- I have all boys. Yeah. So um, and boys need a lot of room. They to do run around for sure. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of we had just like a very small yard. We had a really nice house um, yeah. and, a, and a pool and stuff, but. Um, we really what what really attracted us to the, the idea of moving to the farm was the space and just this kind of the security of being off the road and having some room, some nature around us and those kinds of things for the boys. So we were also thinking of the boys. You were thirty six when you moved back. Um, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll tie into my story a little bit. Yeah. Um, something we didn't talk about was was the swamp. Where oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get to the title of our podcast at the end. Let's since do that at the end. That. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but um, Chepstow is in in Greenock Township, formerly Greenock Township. Now it's it's uh, now the municipality of Brockton. But the Greenock is called Greenock because of the the Greenock Swamp. So it was once an entirely a swamp. It was drained, hmm. I believe, by Mr. Cargill, oh. um, founder of ostensibly the founder of Cargill, Ontario, also in Bruce County. But um, anyway, he he was instrumental in. Um, arranging for ditches to be dug, drainage to be dr- dug in, uh, okay. drains, and they act, they literally drained the swamp. Wow, uh, which is where our farm is. So our, our farm would have been basically a forest. Hmm. Um, originally, it was called the Queen's Bush, um, and lots were being divided up. And uh, my predecessor bought it from another man. I forget who, but uh, so the the farm has been in our uh, in Greenock has been in our family since uh, 1860 hmm. around 1860 we're not exactly of the deed but we right we've, we've traced it back to that so um i wish we did have the deed that'd be cool oh yeah the deeds are cool yeah um, your turn all right who are you and where we'll do you get, come we'll from we'll get your nickname later um fine so the sam tater comes from the fact that i'm a leader um of the, I'm a leader of the youth group, and I'm known for being a little bit bossy, like a dictator. And basically, my word goes. Does that make sense? And you enjoy that role. I enjoy that role. Well, I yeah. like being a leader, and I like mm-hmm. um, like uh, being the center of attention. Fair enough. And that sounds uh, like you. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Uh, all of the above. They they nicknamed me the Sam Tater Dictator Sam. Are you sure you didn't nickname yourself? I didn't nickname myself. Oh. I did not come up with that nickname. Oh, okay. No, and also the potato gun. Don't forget. That has nothing to do with the name. I potato. disagree. De- no. Definitely does. It makes the name more popular, more meaningful. If you say so. It does. All so, right. Charles, Spicy C. Fernandez. Where do we start? Who knows? Where to begin? I am not from here, but I am now from here. Um my father-in-law had a great question he would ask everybody he met, which is very embarrassing for the family. I've been around. It was embarrassing. He died a number of years ago. Rest his soul. Um, he always asked people, so where were you born and raised? Which seemed very intrusive to everyone else, but it was actually a great question. I was born in Karachi. It's a giant city, probably three times the size of Toronto, uh, overseas, and a country that has been, since 1947, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. So I moved to Canada when I was eight, and most of my youth from like eight till about 17 or so was like subdivision life in Bramley, Ontario, 
named after the development company, Bramley Limited. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And there you go. I escaped the subdivisions. That's a, We can talk about that another time. Why? And so forth. Um, went to university. Kind of. It's interesting. There's some parallels, Sam. Um, heading for a career as an actuary, which I really enjoyed. I worked. I worked co-ops, I had like a lot of good co-op jobs, able to pay for my education, which is amazing without loans and stuff. And um, yeah, but at the end of that, I, I would say this, like I, while I enjoyed what I was doing, I really probably in the end, looking back, wanted to do stuff with people, which was not really what being an actor is about. It's about, it's kind of boring unless you really love numbers, which I still love actually. I love my math degree, love the, the background I've had in that area, but uh, ended up, not knowing what to do, and I did a two-year stint as a lay companion with a community of Jesuit priests, and that's actually where I met Mary, my wife. And she had left Gray County, which is kind of tie back in a moment, when she was 18, kind of vowing never to come back, kind of, because she just wanted to get out as a journalist, which she still is today, which is pretty amazing. Uh, we met when she was living in Guelph, also a lay companion with the Jesuits, got married uh, in the town of Maryhill. She did not want to get married in a city. So the little hamlet of Maryhill, just north of Guelph, beautiful church, St. Boniface. And then we settled in Waterloo because she'd gone to school there as well. Raised our, had our two kids there uh, in a subdivision, just like when I was raised in. And when our boys were four and two, um, kind of got the idea that, yeah, you know, Mary in particular said like, I don't know how to raise kids in a subdivision because that's not how I grew up. She grew up on the farm. Similar to you again, eh? And she was 36, just like you were when we moved back to the farm. And it's so crazy to me to imagine myself loving living out in Gray County so much. Like, I literally could not imagine ever living in the city again. I love seeing my family. I love visiting the city. But, yeah, I love Gray County way more than that. Um, we spent several weeks after our son Michael was born. When he was, two year, when he was just born, our son Rafe was two on the farm where we're kind of still living now. And uh, I loved it. It was we were there six, seven weeks, and this is like a good, good small town story to me. So uh, we were there for about six weeks actually, because I took some uh, parental leave and stuff. I went to town. I went to the library. The librarian said, "Oh, you're the father of the new baby, the Redmond baby, the Redmond baby," because that's her family name, Mary's family name. I went to the bake shop. At the bake shop, I picked up some buns for home, and the lady at the bake shop, her name was Marge, said, "Oh." You're the father of the new baby. I went to the flower shop next door to the big shop. The flower shop is still there. And uh, like the flower shop, flowers for Mary, new mother. She said, oh, yeah, you're the father of the new baby. Now, you could be freaked out by that if you're a city person like me. What? Why do all these people know my personal stuff? Or you could love it, which I did. And that's kind of what brought me up here. I thought, yeah, God, I can do this. And uh, we ended up ha um, having a, an addition built on the back of my in-law's farmhouse. Um, and raised our kids there. Mary's dad died several years ago, her mom a few years back as well. And so five years ago, we moved as well, Sam. And we had a big decision to make. Where are we going to live? Um, once the, the farm had kind of gone through the process with Mary and her brothers, and we were just like all, all kinds of possibilities. Move back to Waterloo because we loved Waterloo. Um, move to Hanover because we love Hanover. So what, where should we go? Uh, moved to Dundalk because it's a village and we kind of thought no we want to stay in the country so we, we were able to have a, a lot severed off which was part of the Redmond family initial thing I think their deed is from 1858 and Mary's brother Daniel lives in London has that deed so that's pretty cool so we're pretty fortunate and I would say blessed to live there 
and missionary things. There's another little connection, Sam, if you don't mind, I'll mention it. So when I was seven, before I came to Canada, probably eight, I turned eight um, a couple of months before we left, this priest who was a Dutch Franciscan miss missionary to Karachi became a family friend. He was there for many years, um, Father Modestine. And he, he said goodbye to our family, went to say bye to him. And he said, looking at the whole family, he said to me, I was seven years old, probably seven, eight years old. And when you go to Canada, go as a missionary. So weird because we were thinking coming from an Islamic country. By the way, we love being from Pakistan. Don't get me wrong. You have to. That's a whole other conversation we can talk about sometime. We're going to a Christian country. It's going to be a lot easier to be a Christian, but actually turned out actually a lot harder. Um, and so I feel like I, I ended up in Hanover hanging out with Sam here because I have a calling to be a missionary. And that, like I use the term jokingly about Sam being a religious fanatic. Well, I wouldn't call myself a religious fanatic. I'm more of a Raptors fanatic. So I feel like I have a lot to learn from people uh, who are from Grey Bruce or people like me who've moved to Grey Bruce. It's being a missionary is a, a lot more about listening than about talking, at least at first. So that's why I'm excited about this. I'm hoping we get some people on we can listen to, learn from, and uh, put the word out. Right. So that brings us to our next segment, which is why this podcast, oh, why is it sorry. called? My nickname. Your nickname. Spicy C. It's a, this is the nickname Spicy C is kind of fake, but we thought I should have a nickname for the sake of this podcast. And Sam had a nickname, and we've been working on this for two years. No, we have not. We've been putting this off for two years. Yeah. Last year, because I am a Raptors fanatic, and if you can see the video, I'm holding my mm -hmm. Raptors hat with the old dinosaur logo on it. Um, I have been a huge basketball fan, definitely a fanatic in that respect. It won the championship, and they're. Second best player, I would say, was Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is a neat guy from, I'm going to say Cameroon, I believe. Um, he actually went to a, like a seminary high school, a boarding school for for for, uh, for boys who could consider becoming a priest. Um, and his his nickname became Spicy P, because he's kind of spicy, because he likes spicy food. I don't know. And so I thought, what the heck, Spicy C, in honor of Pascal Siakam. Currently the best player in the Raptor, probably an all NBA player for anyone who cares, like like your son, Jesse. All right. NBA player. Whatever. Who knows? Yep. He's more into <laughs> soccer. No, he's, he may be more into soccer. But he definitely knows who the, he's a big Golden State Warriors fan. He told me. He did? Yes. Okay. They were the champions for like three out of the last five years. So why the title Swamp Things? Well, this is actually a fairly simple answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to show you a picture here. Um, so what you're looking at here is the Osprey Wetland Conservation Lands. So Which we don't call conservation lands where no, we live. No, you call it the Osprey Swamp, right? Yeah, Osprey Swamp. So we're closer to the Tim Hortons. Because that's... Yeah, yeah. So, of course Tim Hortons shows up on the map. So they, they live down here somewhere, right? Yeah, right around the curve. Right around the curve there. That's right. right? That's right. Right, right up there. That Bef right there. South of that road. Yeah. 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 Or anyway, oh, south enough. of that road, yeah, right yeah. down here, about there. That's okay. right. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yep. So where that where the pointer is there. So that is an amazing swamp. Though it only looks like there's patches of it, it's all over the lot where we live. Uh, it's about it's almost fifty acres is mostly swamp. There's about. Uh, well, that's weird. That so which means house is yours? I don't want to show you where I live because it's, that's weird. Uh, Stop doing that, Sam. No. I think it's. It's gonna freak Mary out. 
It's like you're, you're, like you're doing it's, surveillance. It's, isn't, it up a, isn't it up a concession? No, never mind. Who cares? Yeah, I freaked you out. Anyway. That's good. You're, I'm glad you're a little confused. You don't exactly know where we live. I can see it, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, the front eight or so acres, eight or nine acres, is cleared. I think it's that one. Uh, her cousins use it as a pasture field. Yeah. But that's the, the Redmond ancestral lands, as it were. And we're pretty fortunate that uh, we're still able to live there. Yeah. And there's a huge swamp. All kinds of swamp stories in Mary's family that I heard from her dad and neighbors and stuff like that. We can talk about later. And it happens to be one of the sources, the headwaters of the Saugeen River, which leads to the Greenock Swamp. Yes. Which brings us to our next picture. Here, we'll bring up the satellite for this one, too. The Greenock Swamp, a lot easier to see just because it's it's actually still a, uh, a mainly contiguous swamp like mm -hmm. there's there's a, it's it's like a one one hundredth of the size it used to be but uh hmm. it's uh it's still fairly large um and my farm is right here near chepstow you can see the chepstow Inn marker there yeah my farm is right here you got very immaculate church on your yes i do that's my farm right there that's weird little family I don't farms like organic people's places from satellite views <laughs> it's like it's creepy so um it's creepy I, well, okay. All right. It's fine. Too All bad. Right. Yep. But um, anyway, so hence the re hence the name Swamp Things. We're both from a swamp, the Osprey Swamp and the Greenock Swamp. And uh, yes, we are going to focus a lot in this podcast on Bruce and Gray County because we love where we live. We love our counties. Uh, we love living here in rural Ontario. We think Bruce and Gray are unique in some way. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Why are Bruce and Gray unique to you what what makes it six makes us stand apart um hmm. i think living up here versus if i can compare it to my friends from high school or even mm -hmm. university my family and stuff like that it's definitely huge obvious fact for those of us who live up here mostly you're surrounded by nature which you could also call creation so like we just look out our windows and we mostly see stuff that god made not that we made as people People, what people make is amazing. I mean, there's some beautiful cities in the world for sure, but I mean, the the kinds of like just looking out and seeing this, literally seeing the swamp out our windows is it's really beautiful. All these birch trees that stand out against the evergreens in the back. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. It's like I do. it's obvious for those of us who live up here, and it's so different than the way I grew up. And I think uh, subdivisions are built for convenience and comfort. They're really good at that. If you want convenience and comfort, don't live in the country. Don't live in Grey Bruce. That's a distinctive too. Yeah. It's not why we're here. Uh, but if you love beauty, I think that's a huge thing. Just like the beauty of nature, of creation. Um, there's also a kind of freedom because, you know, we're surrounded by society just like everyone is. We're still part of the same culture. We listen to mostly the same music. We watch the same stuff on our screens. We're all into the same technology everyone else is. But physically, we're just further removed from all the institutions that people are part of. That's a big thing. What about you, Sam? What do you like? What do you find distinctive about living up here? Well, considering I've never really lived anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't have a lot of contrast to yeah. offer. But uh, I just, I love the quiet. I love the, the smells, the sounds. Mm -hmm. um, I love uh, the lakeshore. Mm. We, we are a lot closer to the lake than you are. We yeah, spend, for sure. On the summers, we spend a lot of time going to the beach. Mm -hmm. um, just being near the lake that's a beautiful place uh, I have a little boat now that uh, I like to get out in once in a while mm -hmm. and um, what about for raising kids because that's I said one of the things one of the reasons we end up moving up when our boys were four and two yeah. and then May was born the year after we got there 
She's a great county girl. So for raising kids, it's just there's something about the uh, the immersion in nature that I think is good for kids. So there's there's just so many elements to living in the country that uh, that benefit children. I heard something fun from your cousin Kate about your uncle Tony. Yeah. He said he always told his kids because she was born in London, so she mm-hmm. she had a bit of a city childhood, and then moved to the country. She he always he said to her something like, "I was raised by wolves in the Greenock swamp." I thought it was a pretty good line, and I didn't like our kids spent a lot of time outside in the swamp growing up. We weren't farming, but farming was still going on. Mary's cousins uh, were farming when they were growing up, mm-hmm. and her dad was still helping out a bit, uh, so they helped out a little bit with the farming. But just like just being able to just, like literally go to the swamp and like hopefully survive because there are quicksand bogs and stuff yes which we'll talk about i'm sure yeah certain points but it's it's just it's just so different you can't even compare it it's like it's a completely different world than the way i grew up but yeah. i think it's great for kids yeah and i think just being able to go and and just make it up as you go as yeah. a kid to just want to walk outside and go what am i going to do today and not have to like plan it you just if you walk 30 steps from my house you're in a completely different environment mm-hmm. completely different place yeah there's things to do like you can build something or put something together or, um, you know, look for animals, okay. look for bugs, whatever. There's so many things to do. Here's a weird thing. Yeah. If you're not from here mm-hmm. is how everybody's kind of related. Yeah. What's that like for you? Normal. It's weird. No, no, it's not normal. <laughs> so maybe I think we should do a whole podcast we should on that do, at some point. We should do one about, like uh, how, how I ended up at your family reunion. Yes. Because my wife is your fifth cousin. We're going to make that a topic one day. Yeah, it'll be fun. Family reunion. So, no, I wouldn't say it's it's still amazing to me. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's not ordinary. It's still mm-hmm. amazing to me when I go to the drugstore or the yep. the dollar store or the grocery store or to a, a baseball game or whatever. And people, in fact, a customer the other day said, thanks, cuz. Oh yeah. In their reply, and I, I thought, I don't know how I'm related to you, but if you look at our family tree, yes, I'm related to a lot of people around here. So, you know, and they are my cousin. I actually found out later. I went through there and looked you go. it up, and, and oh, yeah. there they are. They'll be there. We're third cousins once removed, or something like that. The other thing I think about living up here that's different than most urban areas in Ontario, for sure, is there's a very strong Christian culture going back about 50 plus years. It's, it's not there anymore. And I'm not saying it was all great or anything. I'm not trying to idealize it. But um, I like this term written about the southern U.S. And this one author, she happens to be Catholic, she called it the Christ-haunted South. Like Christ is not the center of the culture up here. But a lot of people up here still have a bit of a Christian background, like their grandparents or whatever. And it's intriguing and kind of mysterious. Um, so when I was ordained to be a deacon, which was 2006 immediately everybody in the village and the community surround surrounding automatically treated me with the kind of respect that they didn't before and they didn't treat me badly before just like oh you're clergy okay so then i was invited to be part of ecumenical events and so forth like when there was a community event with a church service they'd invite me uh, that that the kind of respect for christianity would not necessarily understanding it or being into it i think is part of the reality up here that's again different because you know places even like waterloo guelph much less the gta Lots of new people who are not Christian have come to our country, like where I'm from, for instance. But up here, there's still that Christian background. There's also just kind of an innate moral goodness in a way that still exists here. A certain I, way. And I, and I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, we're, a lot of the things we're going to be talking about are a little mischievous. Like, there's a lot of stuff, bad stuff that goes on here as well. Sure. Um, 
it's not that we're all good. It's not that we always do good things just because we're from the country yeah. or whatever, or that we're somehow better or superior. No, yeah. it's not like that. But almost like just a, a, maybe it is partly because of the, the nature and the beauty that we're nestled in. There's sort of just an awareness, I think. I of, think there is too. Of other people. There's there's sort of a, a neighborly camaraderie and care yeah. up here that's different than, it as you said, when something happens to you, people notice, people care mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. And so they, they look after you. And that happens all the time up here. Yeah. Um, even even contrasting that with living in town, mm-hmm. which I did for 10 years, often we didn't know the people down the street or the people mm-hmm. that we lived next to. And living where I do now, I, I you know, there are, peop- there are people up and down miles away that we know. Yeah. Um, and if, if there's a crisis, I know when, when someone gets sick or is in the hospital or gets hurt in an accident, the community really rallies around them here. That's true. Uh, it's very different than the city. Yeah. I think it, it does it does happen, but it's more anonymous here. Yeah. It's it's from it comes from a genuine care and a genuine goodness, and a, an actual desire to see people thrive and do well. I would say so. I wouldn't idealize it either, but I'm, I would I'm say not trying for to. Sure. I'm just saying just there's like elements those, of it. Right? Those three people, I still remember them. Um, one lady's left the community. Um, two others are still in the community. The, the three ladies who recognized me as the as the father of the new baby. Two of them are still around in the community. Um, yeah, it's there's a connection and i think i think the other thing that's different about life in the suburbs or the city is you're connected to people in multiple ways there isn't only one connection to people like through your family perhaps through church through your kids sports but it's not like you've got one group of people doing that it's got you've got multiple connections through business um you're like yep. kind of embedded i like mm-hmm. that word embedded embedded yep like a sliver embedded like a video like a knife in your back. Anyway, moving on. I should I could mention briefly that I, I forgot to mention about ten years ago when my kids got to high school age, um, I started coming to Holy Family. Uh, the pastor at the time uh, invited me to 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 serve here by preaching once in a while and getting involved with other ministry. That's how I got to know Sam. And actually, as of this year, officially after ten years, April first, maybe a joke. I don't know. The Bishop of Hamilton, who has the authority to, to make these appointments, appointed me officially deacon at Holy Family. So it's great to be here. And uh, I preach here once a month as well. Father Gary, who's a pastor currently, Sam and my, myself, we meet every Thursday, talk about the next Sunday's preaching. And then, you know, Father Gary does what he wants with what we come up with. But we're, we love to be part of that conversation. So don't you mean he who shall not be named? I don't know what you're talking about. He who, he who shall not be named. Um, I don't think we can talk about that. Yes, we can. No, we cannot. That's why we're not naming. So we can talk right. about it all we want. All right. Could be anybody. Could be. Probably Voldemort. Oh, I just said his name. He, that's not he who should not be named. Isn't that, though, in the Harry Potter thing? Yes, I don't really yes, know Harry yes, Potter. But I mean in real life. Oh, in real life. Yeah. It's time for Behind the News. Um, for our very for our first ever Behind the News, uh, we have a story which... Um, I What's really this like segment it? about, Sam? Which like look stuff in the look at stuff that's in the news and say, "Wow, that's really funny." I wonder why that happened. Right, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's um, it's things that we found in the news that uh, we find funny, weird, touching, touching, possibly, not, probably not really. mostly not touching. No, because we're but we're trying to be respectful of people while making fun of them. Can we do that? Sure. I don't know. We I can don't try. Know we're gonna try. So let's bring up the screen here. So our first headline, Pennsylvania woman, 93, makes coronavirus plea for more beer amid lockdown 
in viral photo. The photo's down below. The photo's down below. Let's take a look. Here it is. This is the picture. I need more beer. <laughs> it's just her with a Coors Light. Yep. Now, I, I don't know if you're a beer connoisseur. I'm, I'm not a beer connoisseur. I'm not a beer connoisseur either, but I do like beer. I like beer. What? Why would people drink Coors Light? I was just going to say, is Coors Light even beer? I don't know. And this is like, by the way, this isn't a Canadian snob thing against Americans. Okay. They're basically drink, drinking colored water. Or we're actually drinking beer. Did you know that? That's fine. I, I don't care about Americans, but. Oh, what? Right? I don't care about Americans in, in this context. Oh, okay. When in it comes this context. to beer, I just don't you care. You care about Americans. You're Christian, like, Sam. You, you got to care about people. And I actually like America. I, right, I like America. I like the U.S. But, um, do, do you like old people? I don't want to put yeah, you on the spot. Yeah. Some old people. <laughs> what about your grandma? I love my grandma. And your other grandma. Yeah. Both your grandmas. Both my grandmas are very nice ladies. I think they are too. And I like this lady because yep. she likes beer. But but here's like Coors Light. I don't know. Okay. Comment below. But like what is what is with Coors Light? So I have to throw an angle in. Okay. With great love and respect for my day job. I'm a chaplain at a nursing home, which to me is incredible. I never what predicted that. What does this have that. to do with Coors Light? I don't get it. It's actually with old people and beer. Oh, you mean we're moving on because you no, don't no. want to talk about my my point. No, no. I was going to make beer. fun of the Coors Light thing. Here's You're the thing. about the old lady. Her sign. Okay, fine. For a 93-year-old lady, she's got incre incredibly clear hand. Like, that is beautiful printing. That's I'm true. impressed. And I like the two exclamation What's her name, marks. by the way? I like to know people's names. This oh, name. let's see. Her yeah, name Olive. is Olive Veronesi. Veronesi is, you know what that means? From the town of Verona in Italy, which is the setting for Shakespeare's play Romeo and Juliet. I've been to Verona. That's probably where her family, or at least her husband's family, is from. She's from Verona. It's okay. a beautiful town. I've been to the like the courtyard. You can see Juliet statue up there. Anyway, it's kind of weird. Nice. Okay, yep. so... Anyway, she made so why a sign. not wine? Because she's Italian, for one thing. That's a good question. And and just, I'm still stuck on the Coors Light thing. Time for Weird Stuff You See in Grey Bruce. This segment is about a Facebook group that I really enjoy called Weird Blank You See in Grey Bruce. Yeah. And uh, where people post pictures of strange things they've uh, found around, around the two counties. And it's funny, because people in Grey Bruce are funny. That's why we love you. And, and ourselves. Uh, we love ourselves. We love ourselves, because we're from... Grey I'm County. from Grey Bruce. Uh, just last year, I was oh, a couple years ago, County. I was saying um, to some neighbors, we had a little community meeting, and I said, well, you know, I'm new to the community, and my fr our friend Angie said, hey, you've been here 20 years. You're not a newcomer anymore. Which I appreciate it. All right. So for today, on today's episode, we're going to be looking at this picture that I found on uh, weird stuff you see in Grey Bruce. Yep. That's weird. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to describe it for our audio listeners. So okay. there are two signs. Uh, one is stuck in a ground on the state on a stake. Lots of leaves behind it. It's kind of your typical no trust homemade no trespassing sign, except for what it says, which we'll get to in a second. Second one is nailed to a birch tree. And the first sign, there are two separate pictures, but they've joined them for the purpose of the, uh, the post. So the first sign says, trespassers will be hogtied and told they have a real purdy mouth. And the second trespassers sign? Trespassers will be hogtied and told they have a real purdy mouth. Why does Grey Bruce sound a bit like hillbilly? Uh, uh, mostly because of the second one, which is, hear banjos, run. <laughs> now, I got that reference. It's to a movie from the 70s. One. 
That's better. Yeah, you got to okay. turn a little bit. There you go. That's better. A movie from the 70s called Deliverance, which I never watched because it was kind of scary, but it's about these city guys who go on a canoe trip and then bad, bad, bad things happen. And and the first, at the beginning of the movie, it's like really happy. And there's a beautiful little ban uh, banjo segment, which is why it says, Hear Banjos Run. And Sam's going to play a little bit of the... banjos run <laughs> so it's a hear banjos run and what i think the the landowner here really scares me and i i want to know if they live if they're near me yeah because i wouldn't want to go on their property it's it's the kind of warning that is a is innocuous like mm. but but very threatening but if you know about that movie deliverance yeah which some older people like me would know like hear banjos run now see i didn't get that yeah but i'd hate for a like, millennial or younger who didn't know the reference to just be like what that's stupid and take their four-wheeler in there they might mm. never come back but it's a property is a big deal in the country yeah. i actually learned that i didn't really think about that living in town in the city yeah but what's the big deal why are fences important uh there's a lot of different reasons uh we we've always had pro problems off and on with trespassing who hasn't? Um, Even for we us, have a really nice trail, and we, our trail, our farm is along the river, and mm -hmm. so there's actually like a natural barrier caused by the river, and there's not a lot of ways through there, so people like to use our property illegally. Um, it's I don't know. It's it's partly security. It's partly safety. Like just because my kids are running around, and yeah, people driving in and out all the time isn't good, um, and they go fast. I mean. And there's curves and like you can't see it could run over a kid can hurt, mm -hmm. hurt somebody it's also a liability if someone gets hurt on your property for landowners it's a big deal and if you have animals it's a big deal if, if you have if, animals even, they even if it's like really loud sounds in a neighboring trail even if they're not in the field right you can, can startle them with horses and cattle and pigs yeah um if you if you startle them they run through a wire wire they get out that's a huge that's an all-day did that happen to you guys recently was there an, were there animals out recently yes there's Which... animals out often All, yeah we'll talk about we'll, i'll put that on my list for future shows animals getting out animals getting out Whew. chasing bulls has definitely been one of my highlights from a few years back when there were more cattle on the fields next to us yeah highlights um, in the sense of like so, i survived so i can i can i can relate to this i can't relate to this homeowner but well he wants to keep people off his property and he i hopefully he was just being creative with it maybe purdy mouth is a reference from that yeah it's kind of a weird movie. I'm not going to watch it ever. Anyway, and you know what? It's written, for those of you who can't see, it's written in like red paint, hand-painted. Mm-hmm. But it again... It looks like blood. Yeah, it does look like blood, but I'm going to say, just like the lady with the sign for beer, it's actually pretty good penmanship. I mean, it's not penmanship, but it's like, you know, it's yeah, a good, for, clear, neat hand with like a paintbrush, yeah. I would say. Um, where we have issues, which you guys might as well, is with hunters. It's like... I mean, we like most of our property is swamp, and there there aren't fences in the middle of the swamp dividing property, so people get permission to go on 
place back that backs ours on the other side of the the lot of the concession whatever and then they can come into our place and we wouldn't know that's kind of dangerous especially in hunting season yeah yep there's a lot of reasons why you, you want to respect property mm-hmm. which i as a kid you know what as a kid we, we just didn't re- realize that yeah like honestly we just kind of went wherever and uh, and now that i'm uh a landowner uh but there's of. something good about that. I would say if it's like our neighbor's kids, for sure, our, our neighbors have a young family yeah. and like the little kids there, Jack is about 10 and anyway, and they go in from there. I'd be happy if they were like wandering through their swamp and there's no, there's no fence line. Yeah. Just go over in our swamp. Go. And you know? some of our neighbors have, have explicit permission. They've said, can we come yeah. back with the kids once in a while? And yeah. I say, sure. And yeah. so it's not like it, we hate people being there. It's just, there are a lot of concerns there, but one thing for sure, I would not go on this person's property. I would not either, because I've not even seen that movie, because it's too scary. I'm going to see this. I want to watch it now. You like yeah. scary movies. I like they scary scare movies. me. Within reason. Can I show my... You may. This week, Charles is going to show us his analog stuff. Go analog ahead, Charles. Stuff. Rush 2112. Um, so this, this, this particular album has like a huge history, going back to when I was a kid. As I mentioned, I grew up in the suburbs of Bramley, the wilds of Bramley. And the Bramley City Center, my dad took us, my two younger brothers, myself. My youngest brother was about nine at the time, so I would have been about 12 or 13. Went to the Bay Department Store, and there were two records on display. We wanted to buy a record. We'd never bought a record before. And so one choice was... Um, Supertramp, Crime of the Century, classic album, but my dad said, that's about crime. Maybe not, guys. So instead, he brought us this one. We, we were allowed to buy this one with a kind of vaguely satanic symbol. You were allowed to buy that, but not one about crime? Yeah. Okay. However, this album I love. Like, I know this, like, all of side one is like all one, basically one long track divided up. Rush 2112. And, uh, yeah, they were in the, they're like weird, uh, this weird philosopher named Ayn Rand. A Russian woman who like had this whole thing about the virtue of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in, they, they based the side one on one of her stories called Anthem. And it has this weird, like really long instrumental opening. And then there's like an explosion sound. And then Getty Lee in his inimitable voice. I'll try it. Goes something like, And the meek shall inherit the earth. There you go. And uh, our daughter, May, when she was a baby, we would play this really loud for her, especially in the car. We had a cassette, probably, or maybe a CD, and it would put her to sleep. Hard rock from the 70s, still with me in vinyl form. There you go. There you have it. I don't know. Way back. Oh, it's coming close. Stay, stay, stay. Neil Peart, great drummer, just died. God bless his rest his soul. Boom, 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 boom. He looks like giant drum kit. Getty Lee with the weird 70s rock singer voice. Guitar hero Alex Lifeson. Here it comes. Think. Yeah. Here's the explosion. Mm-hmm. 
Music to my ears. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Raptors update. Raptors update. Take it away, Charles. I've got almost nothing to say about the Raptors because there are no Raptors. It's very sad. Here's a weird thing. So I give stuff off a of lint because I'm trying to be a better person. Hopefully with God's help, I can do that. So I gave up watching, paying attention to, listening to podcasts, anything to do with basketball. I gave it up for Lent. And about a weekend, the NBA got canceled. So I believe in the last week, uh, Raptors players are allowed to practice individually with one coach in their practice facility in Toronto. So that is kind of exciting if you're a Raptors fan, which I certainly am. And if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, I'm sorry, they did not have a good year this year. That's all for now. All right, so I'm just going to wrap it up by saying thank you for joining us for this podcast for our pilot episode. We hope you'll listen to us again. Please send us your comments and messages at the address below. God bless you. Take care. Goodbye.